trying to help you. All right. Boo. <laughs> I'll be here all week. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> hey, uh, we have these. Now, if you're a guest today, you get a free T-shirt. These are different than the T-shirts we give out for free. We had some requests to, to get some long sleeve shirts done. These had to put a price tag on, though. These are $20. If you want one of these, just let me know. I, I ordered 12 of them uh, just to see how they'd go because it's getting fall, and people said, we need, you know. So those are out there. Offered them to the Dream Team as well. And, uh, and, you know, we're going to be able to get more and more, obviously, not for the glory of this church, but for the glory of the kingdom, for God. And that's what we want. Well, uh, are you doing okay? The weather's changing a little bit. Great sleeping weather. It's cooling out. This is the weather where you can get apple butter and horseradish. I mean, come on. God is alive and well. So I wanted to uh, talk to you this morning about knowing your rights. And it's one thing, you know, we can, you know, we can all, have you, have you ever asked anybody, hey, are you a Christian? And they said, yeah, I know God. Or they'll respond with another, I'm this uh, religion or this faith. And, uh, you know, and, and almost because they're used to, maybe they're going to, you know, are you going to bombard them with something or whatever that is, you know, I don't know. But um, how do we respond to that? Just because we say we're something, does that make it? I mean, there is, we've talked about power in our words. There is power and we create the world around us. You are where you are because you've, you've actually spoke a lot of it. I mean, really, you, you know, whether negative or positive. So uh, we understand life and death is in the mouth. But again, just because you go to McDonald's doesn't make you a Big Mac. Just because you go to church doesn't make you a Christian. We need to kind of actually know our rights. Let's, before we really jump into this, let's say hi to our online crowd. God bless you guys. So good to have you with us today. It's good to know your rights. If you've been alive for any time, you know, I'm going to be 61 in December. And I remember, I don't know if anybody, for whatever reason, I always remembered this in Hawaii Five-0 with uh, Jack somebody lore okay that play yes <laughs> and the guy whoever was dano it was always the line at the end book them and then you heard you have the right to remain silent anything you say can will be used against you in the court of law you have the right to an attorney if you should you know and they just went through the rights and i you know as a kid you're hearing that okay we have rights so we as a child of god have rights and this is something the lord wanted me they need to know their rights because sometimes we just kind of go through the motions and we don't understand or know or we don't know that we've had the right or we don't exercise them if you're a citizen of these united states you have certain rights outlined in the constitution called the bill of rights as long as you obey the laws of the land and you're in right standing with the united states government Unless in today's times uh, where they're trying to take away your rights. But that's another subject. But we do have rights. They're supposed to be upheld in America. And the same thing is true with God. In his kingdom, he has laws that cannot be changed. They, they are in process right now. They're happening whether you believe in them or not. Whether you exercise your faith in them or you don't. You don't have to believe in gravity and you jump off the building. Gravity will show you how real it is because it's a law. 
you have to get past that by something greater than that law to make that work, like the law of lift. That's how a plane flies. As a citizen of the kingdom of God, you have the right to everything in the kingdom. And me learning this was one of those things that I just needed time to put it together because sometimes we just, we just assume, don't we? I just assume. Assuming can get you in trouble. There's a covenant between Jesus and God. It's signed in Jesus' blood, which provides these rights to you and me if we are believers. Jesus is your Lord. You have the right standing with God. You are the righteousness of God because of what Jesus did on the cross. Now, obviously, we have to accept Christ as our Savior, and we have to confess our sin and do all of those things that we need to do. And we're not saved by works. How many knows you're saved by grace? So I'm not getting into that. I'm just saying you have rights. You have the right that everything God says that you have. When you were born in America, you automatically had rights as a U.S. citizen. And if you're willing to fight, you know, that's why we have freedom today because people fought for our freedom, for the right to be free, for the right to vote, for the right to live in America. Those rights were fought and paid for. They wanted to get what's, what is theirs, what was presented and promised in those long ago in the Constitution. They wanted that opportunity. How many want, if the stuff is yours, and I'm not about stuff, I mean, you can have great stuff, but stuff just can't have you. But you have the right to say, you know what, I want to be able to do what I want with those. I paid for that stuff. You know, if you have stuff and you want to give that to your children or you want to do whatever, it is your right because it is your stuff. You have the right to have a say in in certain things that you're involved in, depending on what you've got yourself involved in. But a voice. In spiritual things... We just tend to throw up our arms and just give up. We just roll over and give up. We have rights and privileges that if we would understand them, we can exercise them. People ask me and Kim all the time, how did this happen for you? You need to understand, I've exercised my rights. I have done what God has asked me to do and he has told me to do this. Do you know that you can bind and lose things? You have the authority and the right to do that. We're going to get into that. And so we've been able to, people like, they they see this. How many know we live in a world that says, I want that, but they don't know what you had to do to get that? Everybody wants A to Z. Give me, everybody wants a fat pill that can take all the fat off your body overnight. (laughs) Preach it, brother. (laughs) We're selling those out at the guest kiosk for... Paying off our mortgage. and uh, <laughs> It doesn't happen that way. You know, there's, you know, sometimes people will say so-and-so, boy, it's like they were an overnight success. I can guarantee if you talk to whoever that was, there were a lot of nights that people don't even know about. They just saw them go from here to here, and they just think, oh, it was just so easy. But there were a lot of nights they probably prayed. They probably fasted. They did without. They did whatever they were supposed to do. It's not always automatic. You do have legal rights in the spiritual realm, but you have to exercise them. We have rights. We become heirs to his promise, according to Galatians 4, 1 through 7. 
Romans 8, 17 says we are joint heirs with Jesus. I want to take my place where God wants me to be. I want to be where he wants me to, to walk. I want to do the things he wants me to do. When I was just a little kid, my dad, we went, we went hunting. I didn't get to go with him as much as I want. I went with my dad and sometimes with my Uncle John. Neither of them can really shoot well, but we went. No, they both are good shots, actually. We tease about that all the time. But I remember as a little kid, I learned gun safety because I took my Buffalo Bill BB gun. Because he wasn't going to let me have a real gun, he was trying to teach me. If I pointed that gun the wrong way, he'd say, oh, no, 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 you keep that gun pointed down. Showed me how to do that. I went then, one time we went hunting, and I had a 410, which is a small shotgun, small shells. Didn't get to carry any, but he just had the gun. So then, you know, one time we went to a fence, he said, okay, unload your gun. I was like, I, I felt like Barney Fife. I have no bullets. I don't have to unload my gun, but it was, he was just saying, I'm, I'm getting you to understand this is what happens. You're going to cross this fence. You want to unload your gun. You want to cross the fence, pick your gun up, load your gun back up. Teaching me all that. I get it. He's trying to teach me safety. He's trying to teach me the things, but, you know, it doesn't just happen automatic. And, and in that time, I remember walking behind him, and I remember trying to step in his footprints in the snow. And I looked behind me to see if I did it successfully. I said all that just to say, sometimes don't you just like, God, if you lead the way, let me just see if I can walk in those footprints. Show me what to do. Because sometimes we just, we just don't know. We're there, but we just don't know. So here's our first right for this morning. You have the right to be free. Somebody say amen. amen. John eight thirty six. So if the sun sets you free, you are truly free. When God created man, he gave him the gifts of life, dominion, authority, and a free will. Why didn't he just force us to be righteous? Because God didn't want... You know, if you, you fill out something now, it'll ask you a question. Are you a robot? Why? No, I am not a robot. <laughs> but God didn't want robots. He wanted people by their own free will to love them. You know, to break it down to something you can understand, Kim doesn't make me love her. I just do. It's something I want to do. I love her. So it's just, I don't, I don't have to be prodded. The privilege and the power to decide has been put into your hands by God. You have the right, for example, to decide when you're going to Spend eternity. I, you have two choices, heaven or hell. Some people say smoking or non-smoking. I don't care how you want to put it, but you get two choices. But you have the right to choose those choices. You have the right to choose life or death, blessing or cursing, what you say out of your mouth, the world that you create, that you walk in. You have that right. You have the right to choose one of those destinations, and God will, listen to this, will back your decision. You have the right to be free. Now, the enemy is going to try to convince you that you can't choose to be free. But let's not forget for a moment who he is. He is the father of lies. So you have to ask yourself, what are you going to choose? When it comes right down to this, when all this is said and done, you might put your right foot in, you might put your right foot out, but... Sooner or later, 
Jesus comes, we'll go with him or we're going to go the other way. Eternity is going to happen to everybody. Here's a lie the enemy would say. You have no choice but to be condemned. You have no choice but to be sick. You have no choice but to be addicted. You have no choice but to be depressed. You have no choice but to live in lack. It's just your course in life. You should be guilty about your past. You should be condemned for that. You should think about it all the time. You should never overcome it, and you aren't righteous. He's a liar. I'm not saying there's anything good about past mistakes or past sin or any of that. Lord knows in here we all could say, I got laundry. I mean, I got laundry. You got laundry? So I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. But the truth is, if the Son makes you free, you have the right to be free. Come on, somebody. You're free from sin. You're free from shame. You're free from guilt. You're free from condemnation. You're free from your past. You're free from addiction, free from depression. Jesus took it all, and you are free. And let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Now, this is the thing. There are people that they might hear that, but they don't believe that. And if you don't fight for your right to be free, it's almost like you're locked in a cell. Only the cell that you go in has the key still in the lock. And you can unlock it because you've already been, it's already been paid for you to be set free. By our own rights, we walk in some of these things because we don't activate our rights in the kingdom. You stay by your own choice. But if we turn the key and walk out, we can go straight to freedom, straight to victory. Number two, you have the right to be healed. You have the right to be healed, not just, well, I don't know, God, God would do it for, but he won't do it for me. He'll do it for this person, but not for me. That's not how healing works. You have the right to be healed if you're a child of God, Isaiah 53, 5. He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. The New King James says, by his stripes we, listen to this, past tense, are healed. You're going to have to fight for your rights because the enemy is going to lie to you all the time. Jesus already dealt with that 2,000 years ago on the cross. If you're fighting for the right to be healed, it's already been won. What we have to do is win the battle. How many knows the battle's between our ears? I mean, it's just in our mind, man. It's in our mindset, and we have to walk that out. We are fighting for our personal belief of the truth that's already been presented in the Word of God. In our physical body. Andrew Womack puts it this way. He talks about, you know, your, your body, soul, and spirit. <laughs> okay, so your body, your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, and your spirit. The thing that, that you need to understand, your spirit is connected with God. When you get born again, your spirit connects with God. Say amen to that. So that's what happens. Now, your body is, is your physical body. It's just, it, it, it houses your spirit. And your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions, what we're trying to do in the battle we, we fight is to keep them in line with the spirit. 
And so he does it like this, and I thought, this is really cool. He, you know, if we're, you know, three parts, body, soul, spirit, if you can get any part of the other to line up with your spirit, it's two against one, and your healing will come. Do you see that? If I can get my, if I tell my mind and my will and my emotions, you will, this is truth, and I believe it to be truth according to the word of God, line up with my spirit, that's when healing manifests. You have the right to be healed. You are a son and daughter of Abraham, and you should be healed today. And I'm not saying that's always worked for me all the time. That is a truth, but I'm human, and I've had to walk things out where things didn't happen all the way around. It didn't happen the way I wanted, or it didn't happen instantaneously. It happened over time. You know, but as long as I got there, I was in a service one time, and a lady, she needed, and I know the Lord, he, he was just using the gifts of the Spirit, and he, I said, there's a lady here, she got a problem with her hip, and she got up out of the the auditorium, and she come hobbling down the front. She said, "Brother, I can't, you know, my hip." And and uh, we prayed for her. And I mean, I prayed for her, and I, I I felt like the Lord said, "Just have her walk around the auditorium." And so she did. She walked around limping like this. She got around. That was the first trip. That's almost the. It was actually the same as when she walked up. That first trip was kind of the Walter Brennan. Well, you don't know who that is, but. If you're an old cowboy fan, you'd know who Walter Brennan was. So anyway, you know, he kind of walked that way. But that's what she was walking like that. Second trip around, she was kind of walking like that. Third trip around, she was walking like this. Before you know it, she had out. Now, back in the day, they used to take out white hankies. I don't know if anybody remembers. She had her hanky out, and she was, woo, she was running. And you know there are people in that church that were like, well, I never. She's running. She shouldn't be doing that in church. Well, if it was your hip, you'd be running. If God had touched you, you'd be... Last I saw, he went walking and leaping and praising God, and he was in the temple. We got to understand, you have the right to be healed. He broke the power of the curse that came on Adam, and if you exercise your authority in Christ Jesus by his name, by his blood, by his word, and by his resurrection, and the Bible, according to Galatians, we are joint heirs with him, the curse does not have any right or authority on you. When you, you know, I've had to tell my foot, this is a violation. I've had some foot issues, and I'm like, this is, this is not right. It is a violation. I'm going to stand on the word. God wants his people well, and he wants you to stay well. So what does his word say about that concerning healing and your right to be well? If you want to be healed, then you got to just believe every word of the Bible, not just the ones that you like, but believe every word. Be sold out completely to what God says. Make the word first place and final authority. How many knows God's word works? If you work the word, it works. God's word works. So get your healing. God said you can have it. Take your authority and stay healed. Here's your right number three. You have the right to prosper. This will be fun for you. <laughs> People are like, oh, he's going to talk about money. No, nah, it's not just talking about money. Prospering. How many just want to have a good life? Want to live in peace and joy and health and wellness? 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. You see, people think that spiritual things are separate from material things. 
And really, that isn't so, so much true. Spiritual law governs material things. Do you know things happen in the spirit first and manifest in the physical? The spirit of God, remember that when he hovered the earth? Then God said, let there be light. And there was. And things got created. So the laws of prosperity will work for anybody who will meet the biblical requirements to walk in them. And that's something I didn't understand. You just have to do what God says. You just have to meet the requirements of the law that God has put in place for biblical prosperity, and it works. You have people that will come up and say, I, I just, I don't like this. I don't like tithing. What? You know, I don't mean this bad, but I, it's not, I can't help it if you don't like it. It's in there. So if he wants me to tithe, all of the money is his, but this is what he's asking me to give back. That is a law to walk out. But if you don't, I tried it for a week and it didn't work. That's like saying, you know what, I went on a diet for a day, it didn't work. It is a lifestyle. It is just like God. It will. You will get fruit. God has always promised, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the what? The good of the land, Isaiah 119. I mean, I get it. There's qualifications for increase in prosperity, but they belong to you. Listen to the kingdom. Read the word. You have the right to call for it. Gary said it today. I was with Gary. We were out before the meeting, and he said, well, you, you have not because you ask not. Sometimes we just don't ask God because it's not important. We, we think it's not important because it's us. If it's important to you, it's important to God. Now, if you're off, then let God help you get back on. Joyce Meyer said one time, she said, you know what, God, what if I lose you? And God says, I won't lose you. I know right where you are. So, I mean, just knowing that. So, you know what, you're human, but, I, but again, just start lining yourself up with the word. God, what do you want me to do? Listen to me. If you're like, I don't know if it's God. If it is, if if it goes out of the bounds of this book, it's not God. If it tells you to do anything that doesn't line up with this word, it's not God. Even if it sounds like you, but it goes against this book, it's not God. It has to go, God, what do you want me to do? Let me follow your laws. Why would God want us to prosper? I believe, according to the word, that he wants you to joy Enjoy life abundantly. I mean, the double portion, when God blesses you with the double portion, it isn't just so you can go, <laughs> it is so that you can not only show everybody, yes, you're blessed, but you are helping those that need help. That you are giving of that. God, this is your money. What do you want me to do? You're sowing it into people. You're helping things. You're, you're helping people. You're, you're being a blessing. Show how the kingdom provides. You remember back when the, the Israelites, and they were told, listen, you're going to get manna. And on the sixth day, you're going to gather for two days. Because I don't want you to do anything. And on the seventh, because you'll have it. And before, if they gathered more than what they wanted, any other day, it rotted, stunk, and turned into maggots. Now, that alone, if that happened once, I think we'd all be like, I ain't eating no more manna. <laughs> but if that's the only thing on the menu, you're going to get real creative. But when they did what he said, it lasted and all of that. He, you know, he didn't 
on the seventh day didn't rest because he was tired. It's because he was done. Aren't you glad God doesn't get tired? He was just done. He's trying to show us that, you know, there's a spot where we can be and God's like, I want to show you so that he can get the glory and you can do so many things for the kingdom. So what does it mean to prosper? It means you have the right to live a long life on the earth. You have the right to have joy and have peace. You have the right to live in a safe and beautiful home. You have the right to drive a reliable car. Just saying. You have the right to be steadily employed at a job while you are uh, promoted and paid well. You have favor. You have the right to enjoy healthy relationships. You have the right to bear children. You have the right uh, to have these rights because you are redeemed, you're saved, you're joint heirs. And with Jesus, the promise of prosperity given to Abraham. And Abraham, the Bible says he lacked nothing. He was blessed with abundance in every area. And that is also your inheritance. But see, our mindset says, that was then, this is now. Last time I checked in the Bible, God says in Hebrews 13, 8, I am the same. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I do not change. If Abraham had right to that, and you are heirs to the promise, beloved, you have the same right. You are a child of God. Number four, I like this one. You have the right to not be afraid. Romans 8, 15, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. Do you have fear in your life? You may think you don't, but if, are you worried about anything? Are you afraid of getting sick, getting COVID, whatever? Getting fired, losing a loved one, people talking about you behind your back? what your future looks like. Let's start right here. The Bible says you have the right to never fear again, ever. That's pretty cool. I get to do, and my job kind of comes with the badge. I get to do counseling, and have people ask me for advice. I have people, you know, we've got kids, and our kids are afraid, and they've just been having nightmares and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, well, what are they watching? Well, you know, we've let them watch. Halloween. <laughs> really? It's not good. Does that have anything to do with the word other than say, yeah, that's evil? Get that out of your house. You don't need that. Have your kids not watch anything like that. Reinforce godly things, good things. I could get into a whole thing about Halloween. I don't know if you want me to do that, and I don't know if it'd make you mad. <laughs> I particularly don't celebrate Halloween. Some of you have all la looked at us and said, huh, why do you do Christmas in October? That's why we did it. We celebrated Christmas because we wanted to get our kids' minds off of the world that was going, you know, <laughs> And we wanted to get him on something that was wholesome and good. Jesus and his birth and, and all of those things. That's why we started Christmas. When we do stuff here at the church, we do it with a purpose and a, and a position. Not to celebrate the Hallowed's Eve or, or Halloween, but yet to celebrate the king that has dominion over that. So you need to understand my, my take on that. So do you, do you let your kids trick or treat? I didn't let my kids trick or treat. 
because I wasn't going to celebrate that. that. I'm just telling you my stance. This is personal conviction, okay? Please don't get mad at me. If you do, get over it. But we didn't do that with our children because we were trying to enforce good things in our kids. So we, we found, yeah, and I, I get alternatives and all that. But again, I want to know the, the mindset behind that, not just to have another party just because everybody else. I want to have a mindset of here's what we're doing. I can always get my kids a candy bar, you know? So uh, anyway, now i got to get back to where I was at. Did you know fear is perverted faith? It isn't natural, and it's just torment. It's just perverted faith. 1 John 4, 18, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it's fear of punishment and shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. Jesus didn't come so you'd be tormented. He came to give you dominion and authority, peace, and perfect love. And what does perfect love do? It casts out fear Permanent, I can't even say that. Forever. With yogurt. <laughs> but I remember, I have, have you ever been so afraid in your life? You ever had those dreams? Really, seriously, and you are talking in your sleep or you're trying to say the name of Jesus in your sleep and you can't get it out of your mouth because you are just like scared, stiff, and you're wanting to say Jesus and it's like, Jesus, <laughs> You know, you can't get it out. Thank you. <laughs> this happened to me, and but this was real. This wasn't a dream. I was, uh, I was like a day or so before. We were in a, a house we'd lived before. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, well, we were in a, we were ministering in another church before, and and my my boys were on the third floor. We had redone the attic of that house. And that was their bedroom. And they had came down and said, Dad, we have, we've seen something, something, what they said was just black. And it, it looked like a person kind of, and it took off and moved, and then it was gone. And, and, you know, we were, we didn't let any other of the stuff, I'm telling you, in our house. So, you know, I'm, and my boys, they didn't, they don't lie. And so I'm like, you know, guys, okay. And so it's not I didn't believe them. And so I, you know, I went up and, and looked in the room and all of that stuff and uh, came back down. And, you know, and I, you know, we had already anointed the house for God's service. And that's what we do. Anytime we get into a house, I, you know, I anoint the house, I anoint, anoint the doorways. I, I, I do all of that because this is God's house. So the, the next night, I was lying in bed and I couldn't sleep. And then. I, and I'll tell you this as verbatim, as true as I can tell you. I was awake. I wasn't asleep. I felt like I was so, something had come into the room, and I felt like I was so scared. And, and my folks and my wife and my kids can tell you, I don't get scared real easy. But I, I was just like petrified, terrified, almost like I can't move. And I, Kim was asleep. She was right beside me, and she was asleep. And I remember, like, man, what? what? And I just, I felt terrible. And everything on my, every hair on my body seemed like it was, you know, standing at attention. And I remember looking over at Kim, and she was asleep. 
And, you know, she, she was at peace. <laughs> so she was just like, I'm gone. <laughs> um, but, and I looked at the end of the bed, and here was this black figure. And he said, I heard it out loud. And this is what he said. He said, this is his exact words to me. I will kill you. And that's what he said. And I mean, I wanted to say Jesus. My heart was wanting to say Jesus. My mind was wanting to say Jesus, but my tongue was on a break. Because <laughs> I was going, oh, no, no. I mean, I was just like, I don't know the way it had come in. And I remember trying to get that out. And, uh, and it was as if I got out the best I could. I am glad that God doesn't need an interpreter when I say, <laughs> because I mean, immediately after I said that, I don't know if it was an angel. I'm going to say it was the Lord's spirit because I heard this. I am here. And I'm telling you that thing went <laughs> and was gone. With that happening, the whole room came peaceful again. And I was like, oh, my gosh. The next uh, day, you know, I went up and I anointed everything up in the boys' room and did all of that stuff and, and all that. What I, why am I telling you this? Because fear is of the enemy. Now, you can have a healthy fear of the Lord by just, you know, not meaning uh, I'm afraid of him, but I just want to do what he's asked me to do. I hope that makes sense. There isn't anything in the enemy's bag of tricks that the word can't overcome, so don't pay him any attention. How many have heard of Smith Wigglesworth? He was awoken one night, and the enemy was standing at the end of his bed. He, he rolled over, and he goes, oh, it's just you. Rolled back over and went back to sleep. <laughs> Give me that, Lord. <laughs> ah, it's just you. That's how we need to, to treat the devil. He's powerless as long as we refuse to open the door to him. Don't give him any place in your life. Don't give him anything through fear. You don't have to, act on, uh, have to act on fear. You don't have to practice fear. You don't have to talk fear. Just give it no place. In Jesus' name, you can cast that stuff out. You've been given right by God in the supernatural to be able to have the authority to cast that stuff out. You have the authority. Come on. You have the authority over demons. You have the authority over demons. You have the authority over demons. You have the right to take your stand in the unseen world of the supernatural and the realm of the Spirit of God. You have the right to never fear again. You have the right to stand there. If God says stand there, you have the right to stand there and hold your ground. You have the right to tell the enemy, buddy, you better pack up and go. This is my house, my kids. Get your stuff and get out in the name of Jesus. Number five, you have the right to have peace. Psalm 29, 11, the Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. Now, we're talking about freedom from fear, so when you have peace, who lives inside you when you accept Christ? The prince of peace. Man, that's great to have. The peace doesn't come from the absence of trouble. It comes from the presence of God. I want to say that again. Peace doesn't come from the absence of trouble. It comes from the presence of God. In this life, you will have tribulation. There's going to be stuff happening to you, whether you're a believer or not. It is what you do and whose hand you're with, whose you're under, the authority that you sit on. If you want to read Psalm 91, it'll tell you that. And you can have some peace. 
The Hebrew word for peace is shalom, means completeness, wholeness, peace, health, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfectness, fullness, rest, harmony, absence of agitation or discord, to be complete, perfect and full. Man, give me peace like that. There's an art gallery and there was a story of a, there was a picture that was trying to show peace and they showed this this branch that was over this magnificent, horrendous, I mean, huge waterfall, and there was a nest with a little bird in the nest just sleeping in peace. I mean, think about that. And I, I read that story, and I thought, that's really cool, but it reminds me of Jesus being asleep in the boat in a storm. He's not afraid. He is at peace. Is stuff still happening? You betcha. But it's not affecting his peace. What are you letting... What are you letting steal your peace? Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Spend time with God. Rest in his presence. Grab the truth from his word. As you put your trust in him, it's greater than trust in anything else. Here's our last one. You have the right to use the name of Jesus. You have that right, 1 John 3, 23, and this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. The NIV says, and this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. We have the commandment to believe on the name of the son of God, to believe on his name, to put a demand on his ability. The powerful name of Jesus is available to you and me. But we have to become aware of the right and the privilege to use it. The name of Jesus is the key to heaven's storehouse. It can do anything that Jesus can do. Philippians 2, 9 through 11, everything in existence, heaven, earth, and under the earth, will bow its knee and confess with its mouth that Jesus is Lord. That name is above every other name. And you and I are in the family of God. And we have the right to use the name of Jesus. Now, just to help you with this, and again, and I'm about finished, my kids, sometimes, you know, you have to deal with your kids individually at different times, because if you ever had to discipline your kids, when my boys were little, I could say, you are not playing PlayStation, and you would think, don't do that to me, Dad, but I could tell Mal, Mal, you are not playing PlayStation, Mal would be like, Okay. <laughs> she could care less. So it wouldn't work. But sometimes as a group, I'd have to say, listen, this is what I want you to do. And then she would try to reinforce that with her brothers. Now, her little sister was another issue. But we're not going there. Because, <laughs> whoo. Me and Kim would go on a date, and within, uh, within inside a half an hour, Mal would be calling, you got to come and help me. <laughs> Because Maddie, and we'd have to get on the phone, Maddie. And then Maddie would be, it's hard being Have. Like, We're going to help you when we get home. <laughs> but Mal would try to convince her brothers something. And this, now listen to what I'm saying, because this is the point I want to make. They'd go, nuh-uh. And she'd say, you have to do that. We each have to clean our rooms. And, and then dad said, once we clean, and they said, what? And she said, dad said. And that was the clincher. Oh, dad said, yep, 
He said, we can't go until we clean our rooms and we can't have the campfire, we can't do this until we did this, dad said. That authority of being dad made everything go, okay. And they would go do it. You have the right to use the name of Jesus as a kid of the kingdom to take authority over the enemy Because Jesus, the Bible says he gave you the keys to the kingdom to bind and loose in his name. Matthew 16, 19 says, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven in the name of Jesus. I was wrong. I have one more and then we're done. I thought I had six. I had seven. But this is kind of, I think, kind of goes with it. You have the right to always win. 2 Corinthians 2, 14. Thank God he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. The New King James says, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. Always triumph. God never loses. He never loses. He never loses. Can you expect, if God's involved, do you know that he will win every time? The Bible says all things work together for good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose, Romans 8, 28. It doesn't say all things are good. It says all things will work together for good. God never loses. You're going to face battles, but you're going to win. You, you get God involved in this, you're going to win always. But you have to fight for it. It doesn't happen automatically. You have to contend for it. You have to exercise your right. You have the right to ask God for anything according to his will and expect to have it done. You see, and that's kind of the difference sometimes. People are like, why did it happen for you? Because I believed it. Because I have that right. And according to his word, he says it's done. So it's done. I have the right to healing. I have the right to redemption. I have the right to victory. I have the right to pray. I have the right to fellowship with the Father and with other believers. I have the right to resist Satan. I have the right to to understand that if I rebuke him, he will flee. I have the right to know that. Jesus came to earth and gave himself as a sacrifice to buy back these rights. So this morning, I want you to, to know your right. You must enforce the rights you have by speaking the word in faith and then acting on it. Walk it out. Sometimes the enemy seems like he fights you for a while, but he will, he will leave. Knowing your rights is the first step to everything that belongs to you. Now, the problem that we run into is I've witnessed the people that curse like a sailor. I mean, just, I don't know if they couldn't say some very colorful four-letter words, they couldn't speak. And so they, they got saved. And guess what? Their mouth really didn't still get saved. You know what I'm saying? They still cussed. Old things pass away, all things become new. But they have the right to exercise a change they have the right to exercise a mindset change I mean I have people that I led them to the Lord and they, I knew they were saved I knew they were saved the guy said I'm saved blankety blank 
said, do you accept Jesus? Blank, yes. Okay. Can we talk for a minute? You know, just saying, well, you know, maybe you might want to change. You know, and, but then, now think about that. Your spirit is connected with God. So to stay connected, that's going to be like oil and water. Things are going to start not meshing. So you won't be able to stay that way and stay connected. So you just let God do it. See, the problem with us is we want to clean our fish before we catch them. We just got to let God clean them. He's working on me. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?